Welcome to another edition of Shack Chat, episode two. Here on a Sunday here at the Hack Shack, just getting ready for uh, Sunday night hitting. Seven to nine, twenty dollars. You boys come out and get some extra hacks while you're getting ready for your fall season. Uh, today's guest, had him before. Welcoming back our director of pitching and St. Mary's Hall assistant baseball coach, Coach Anthony Garcia. What's up, Anthony, man? How's it going? What's going on, Paul, man? Good, good. How are you doing today? Thanks for coming in on a Sunday. So um, I wanted to start off with a little uh, segment called Coach's Corner. That's all right with you. So we both experienced this this past week. So this was a big week for us. Um, we had our first graduating class from uh, the Hack Shack go on. We ended up signing 13 guys that have gone on to play at the next level from D1 to junior college and everything in between. Um, so our last game didn't finish the way I quite anticipated it finishing, just from a, we got rained out, so we didn't get to finish the championship game. And when it came time to talk to the boys, man, I, I couldn't even get anything out. I'd, I'd been rehearsing what I wanted to say and I couldn't get anything out, man, but it's been a bittersweet week this past week, seeing everybody, you know, getting checked in and everybody's at their prospective schools and sending pictures and all that kind of stuff, man. So it was tough for me, like I said, I mean, it was, it was, it was bittersweet, but I still can't talk about it really. This is about as much as I've talked about it, but um, kind of tell me your feelings, man. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, being the whole fact that you said you have everything rehearsed and you know what you kind of want to say to these boys, and when the time came, you did leave me hanging, didn't say <laughs> I anything. Say I had to talk nothing. the whole time. But uh, it's a, yeah, man, bittersweet feeling for sure. Like you said, we've had these boys since they were 13, 14 years old, and we've got to coach them the last four or five years with some that, you know, just got added on a couple seasons. But for the most part, man, that core group of guys that we had, we had for the last four years. So we got to not only see them grow up as baseball players, but see them grow up as individuals, as young men, and then to see them embark on this journey to be able to get to go play baseball at the next level, and just see the excitement they had, man, and the hard work they put in finally be recognized. Recognized, yeah. exactly, exactly. Because a lot of stuff, man, a lot of these baseball players, they don't know what it goes through, and a lot of these parents and other people on the outside don't know the hours that you put in and the heartache that you take in day in and day out. And the game itself is a game of failure, so you having to stay on the positive note all the time and keep grinding and keep pushing through and keep giving your best effort when sometimes it's not always seen on the field, man. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely, definitely bittersweet. And then to get to see these parents, um, I don't know, me being a parent now, I kind of put myself in their shoes, and my little boy's about to be seven in a couple of weeks, and just knowing that, you know, <laughs> in 10 years we could be experiencing the same thing and going through the same thing, it's... Um, I'm sure a war one for them and a very exciting time and worrisome time for them. Um, but the boys, man, we couldn't have had a better group of guys at that la yeah. this last year. Um, we got spoiled for sure. I know me and you say that a lot, but we really did get spoiled. And now having to come back and start with this 14U group again and start kind of from the bottom and build up, we're ready for the challenge, man. But I, um, I'm sad to see this group be done and gone. I know that we're not going to get to see them day in and day out like we always had. Um, it's a familyhood, man. It's a brotherhood. And yeah, yeah, it was cool to have a couple of the guys come and say bye before they left, like the day before and stuff. And for me, even I then, it's emotional, yeah, man. And for me, I experienced it first. We won't say who it was, but 
we took a shot of tequila with one of our kids and set him <laughs> off. We won't, we're not going to throw him under the bus, but um, that was a first for me when he was, especially when he was like, you know, this ain't my first time drinking. I'm like, yeah, man, but like, you know, you always do right. Man. <laughs> I'm trying to do the right thing. But uh, so, yes, yeah, I'm glad thing. they're, I'm glad they're all out, man, and, and doing their thing. And, and um, I, I just, I wish them all, all the luck in the world and, and Definitely. the parents, like, man, you know, don't stay strangers, you know, still come by the shack and have a shot of tequila. We won't tell you who your son was. but And that's what I love so much about it, too, man, is that we've been with these boys for so long that you build that trust, that relationship, that uh, more than like a coach player, it's you care about them, and they realize and they understand that you care about them. And I, I credit to that, to some of our success, man, and why they always give everything they got. And they play with so much grit and so much heart, man, because they know we put in the work. They know we trust in them. We believe in them. We want what's best for them. And even now, you know, they're still sending us tech messages and, yeah. hey, coach, I appreciate everything I just got here and keeping us in the loop and letting us be a part of everything and really making sure that we all kind of still stay connected just because we're done now doesn't mean we're done forever and we're never going to hang out or talk to them guys again and not care about how they're doing. And I know a lot of guys we've had in the past, you know, on their winter breaks, man, they come in and come get yeah. their hacks and come get their throwing in their bullpens. Yeah, in. we still got some of our college guys come in in Christmas breaks and stuff like that. And that's I love that, cool. man. And that's that's what's so cool about this whole thing too is making those relationships and helping those kids down the road. It's a lot. It's funny, man, because I'm sure we'll get into it, but we've already gotten text messages from some of these guys that have got dropped off, got settled in, parents got them all moved into their dorms, parents left, boom. 6 a.m. waits the next morning, mm -hmm. practice the very next day. And it's funny because we're on their asses and we're very hard and we're structured with them. And it's not to be jerked, it's not to run them like it's a military camp or anything like that, but it's to get them ready and prepared so they're already one leg up on the competition as opposed to, man, I haven't done nothing all summer. Now I'm getting here and I'm not used to getting up at 6 in the morning. I'm not used to doing weights. I'm not used to having practice all day. I'm not used to hitting every day. Well, we kind of got you guys ready and got you guys prepared, and hopefully, when you guys get there to college, you're that you know you have one leg up on the competition already. Yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, we had tryouts a couple weeks ago, man, and and we got quite a great turnout, and so you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what this next wave of 14, 16 freshmen, sophomores, juniors do, man. And I mean, they've got some shoes to fill, but uh, I think we can get there, man. I've, I've seen a big wave of talent come through here again, and um, we're going to get started here September 1st in the fall, and and uh, hopefully we'll uh, be back in a championship circle again like we were with the older boys. But um, I tell you what, there's there's a lot of talent. And there's a, I think Hack Shack's going to be around for a while. You're going to see that name quite a bit in championship games and stuff like that. So. We're, I'm looking forward to the challenge and kind of molding, so to speak, the next wave of guys that we're getting through here, you know, so. Yes, no, exactly. Um, that's what I was going to kind of ask you about. It's, I was just thinking about it, kind of feeding off of that, what you just said. Um, five years ago, you know, when you had ended up buying a hack shack and taking over and having this vision to do what we wanted to do and go down the road that we're going right now, um, to kind of see it all after five years of, moving locations, um, building the state-of-the-art facility, joining forces with John Austin and Bedlam and making sure we have a strength and conditioning program, spending the money on the technology and the virtual reality with Rapsodo and, and virtual win reality. 
to see it all finally at five years fall into fruition and having these guys sign, 13 guys sign nationalism in 10, and you know, years before having trials and maybe having half a dozen to a dozen kids to now having 40 to 50 kids come every single tryout where we actually, the power's in our hands to make those decisions and have the select program that we want to have and develop these kids. How does that feel, man, to you to finally like see it all finally coming into place? Because it's, I had to sit back this summer, I've been with you for the whole five years, and I sat back at the last game on the drive home proud and just kind of in shock that we had always talked about this, man, and we'd always talked about it, and you'd always told me your dreams, and then to finally kind of see it finally happen. What's that feel for you, man? How, how is that? Uh, you know what? To, com to be completely honest, I hadn't even really thought about it because um, <clears throat> in, in my eyes, and I think J.A. Um, will attest to this, we're not done. Oh, we're not done yet. Um, we, got, we got a lot of stuff that's still in the back of our head of things we're trying to do and accomplish, but... Um, to, to just kind of see, man, like for, for me, it's, it's, it's never really been about, yeah, the money, yeah, if you make money, that, like we're all in the business to make money, right? It's a business, but it's never been about the money. It's never been about the money for me. For me, it's always been about getting kids, keeping them out of trouble, getting kids to the next level and, and helping them pursue their dreams, right? So I never really honestly took time to think about it, man. I've, I've had, you know, there was a time, and me and John Austin talked about this recently, there was a time that I hated baseball. I wanted nothing to do with it. Absolutely just hated everything about it, just the way things ended for me out of high school oh, and, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Like just, <clears throat> I, man, I, and that's kind of why I guess I went and lean towards golf for a while is just is an individual sport. Nobody could tell me I couldn't play or not. it was just basically every day you go out there and you play golf, it's you against the golf course. Yeah, you play against your buddies, but honestly and truly it's you against the golf course that day. But there was a time, man, where I, I really hated baseball. I wanted nothing to do with it. And then with my nephew Nick and and, and Brandon and coming around and teaching them stuff, man, and just kind of everything happens for a reason, right? Kind of lights that passion Time again, heals, lights yeah, that, you know. Lights that flame again. We've been going to the Hack Shack with Nick for probably 10 years and just walked in, and Mr. Warder was like, hey, I've got grandkids now. I'm looking to retire. You want to kind of take this place over? And um, my goal, honestly and truly, was – to get Hack Shack back on the map the way it used to be back mm -hmm. in the day. Definitely. Um, and we're, we're not finished, man. Like, there's a lot of things we want to still do and accomplish. And, and John Austin's, if you've never met John Austin, I, I thought I was a high energy guy, but this dude, <laughs> this guy, man, is just, he's on another level and just, it, it's really funny how it all just, kind of come together not without no he's a perfect addition to the you know, not without family. getting I don't want to say religious but uh, you know I look back at the journey and just kind of there's there, man I'll be honest there was times I was like man I don't know how we're going to keep this thing open and something falls into place and there you go okay we're open another month and then we're open another month and then we got 
five kids showing up to tryouts. Now we got 40, 50 kids showing to tryouts. And you know, I mean, uh, we're definitely blessed, but we're not done, man. There's a lot of things we have coming up the up the shoot that we can't talk about right now, but hopefully we'll be able to talk about soon. So. Um, but man, I'm just I'm just glad to have just a little piece of of influence on some of these kids, man. It, yeah. it was, um, you know, you can go play anywhere, you know what I mean? The parents, kids have a choice to go play anywhere. You can go play for sliders, you can go play for tests, you can play for any one you name here in San Antonio. And, um, I like to think we do things right and we'll continue to do things right and hopefully we'll continue to get kids on to the next exactly. level. I think right. our retention level kind of speaks for that as well too. You know, and it's uh, so now, man. I, I honestly, I never really kind of thought about it. I'm, I'm just trying to sometimes keep up with John Austin and his vision, and just like we're just go, 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 go. You know, so it's tough, man. But uh, you know, him and his wife Jessica, my partners, are just no, they're great. They just go, 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 and it's like, man, I'm I'm trying to keep up. I thought, like I said, I thought I was high energy, but woo, you know, trying to keep up with them sometimes is woo. So. It's a full-time job, so, but, uh, yeah, we got a lot of things working and coming down the pipeline, man, that I'm looking forward to and, and really, honestly, trying to take the hack shack into, the, into a whole new realm of level and technology and you name it. I mean, I'm not a big tech guy, you know, I mean, still old school, but I get it. Kids need to still have some, you know, some idea of their numbers, so forth, so forth, but I, I me personally, I don't think it's the end all be all. I'm still, yeah. still old real old school where, you know, I mean, technology has its place, but it's not the end all be all. So. Exactly. You know, but uh, <clears throat> so let's kind of segue into you, man, a little bit just of you going into your second year at St. Mary's Hall, you know. So first off, how was your first year at St. Mary's Hall as the assistant coach slash pitching coach there? Um, yeah, my first year was actually really, really good. Um, credit to Coach Baker. Um, you know, go, going into things, you kind of, as an assistant coach, man, you don't want to step on anybody's toes. You don't want to overstep your boundaries, so to speak. You kind of want to make sure that you kind of come in, you know his vision, you flow together with the team, and we grow, we prosper. And, um, you know, we had lots of talks beforehand of how we run things, how I like to run practices, how we wanted to run teams, how we wanted the team to go. And uh, once we got there, man, kind of implemented some new ways of practicing, different strategies, different stuff, situational stuff to kind of make sure they were game ready. Um, <clears throat> because in a private school, you don't have that fall semester. We don't have like a fall get ready prep preseason kind of thing. As soon as the semester starts in January, you get two weeks and boom, right into games. So you get that small, small window to make sure your guys are ready. And sometimes not all the guys there on the team Played baseball all year round. A lot of them, you could tell, played other sports. Didn't play anything until the spring started. So it was kind of hurry up and get ready, catch up mode. Um, but once we started to get the balls rolling, um, the first couple of games were a little rough. Made some adjustments and practice throughout the week. Um, great group of young men for sure. Um, super coachable. And towards the middle of the season, towards the end of the season, we started really getting the ball rolling and really playing some good baseball, um, beating some teams that. You know, maybe the guys didn't think we had a chance to beat, and we competed really well. We had a couple big arms that went on to play at the next level. Those were huge contributors and huge factors in why we did so well, too. But, you know, baseball's a team, a team sport, man. So we 
found out how to win as a team. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we had finished the best record St. Mary's Hall had ever finished, and we ended up making the playoffs for the first time. Um, we First round of playoffs, we did get eliminated, but we got eliminated to the team who inevitably ended up winning state altogether. So I guess you can't really get too mad about that. Um, when we went back and looked at it, I think St. Mary's Hall ended up putting up the most hits against that team, the most runs against that team, and then they completely went on to just dominate the next couple rounds until they won state. Mm. Kind of feels good about that. Um, what are the goals for this year? So goals for this year, man, we have a super young team coming in, and I don't, I'm gonna, like I told you, I'm going to let them know at the very beginning of practice. Yes, we are going to be a younger team, but that's the last time I kind of want to hear that term because I don't want that to be a crutch, an excuse that we fall back on. Um, once they get to college or whatever like that, you're going to play guys as a freshman. You're going to play sophomores, juniors, seniors. Let that get out of your head. It starts now. Yeah, it starts now, exactly. It starts in high school. Um, let that get out of your head. I'm super excited about the group that we have because they are a talented bunch of kids, and I'm excited to get on the field and get them mixed in with the returners that we have and, um, you know, make that mesh, make that bond, make that mold so we can start get going early in the season and hopefully start off real, real hot and finish. Because I don't – now that we made playoffs last year, our goal every year now is to make playoffs. I don't ever want to be a team that, you know, kind of just gets molly throughout the season. Uh, well, it's, it is what it is, guys. I want to be able to compete every year um, and beat some of these rival schools that back in the day always thought that St. Mary's Hall was like a layup. And ah, we don't. We're playing St. Mary's Hall today, boy. That's a W. Not anymore. <laughs> it's not going to be like that anymore. We're yep. coming there with the with intent, with purpose, to be you know one of those high high teams in the in the, in the private school. You have, uh, like you said, some young guys coming in, but man, those guys are play like seasoned veterans. They're not scared. I mean, they play for us. Last summer, and I'll tell you what, man, there's a lot of talent coming in, and those guys aren't scared at all. Um, there's a couple of kids that are coming in that... Little Bulldogs for 14-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, be, I'm excited. Uh, should help you guys kind of... I think y'all... I'm not going to say you win state, because I don't want to jinx you, but I think you guys are going to have an opportunity to win state in the next couple, couple of years. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, for sure. Yeah. We had a couple, little, <clears throat> a couple pieces here and there each year. I think that we are definitely, uh, in the next couple of years, going to have a yeah, I, I think, have a chance for sure. I think the the mindset needs to change to not just making playoffs, but hey, we're trying to win state this year. Mm, yeah, you know, what I mean, you you're getting in enough talent in that in that. Like I said, I've seen these, I've seen them, I saw them all summer, and you got a lot of talent coming through there. That that should be the the mindset of changing instead of just making playoffs. Like we're trying to make a run all the way. So. Yeah, I think you. I think you got a shot in the next two, three years. I love you don't it. win state in two, three years. <laughs> I'm gonna blame you and Baker. I'm just telling you right now. I'm gonna blame you and Baker. If y'all don't win state in the next two, three years, I'm blaming you and Baker. For real. So, but um, how's it? So, I know you know. You know, your wife was on the show last week, right? Yes. Did y'all speak when you got home? No, <laughs> no so, you know, so, man, I, I was really, it was really cool for them to come, um, your wife and Coach Thomas's wife to come and kind of just give the other side of things, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know I'm guilty of kind of taking Carrie for granted because I'm just gone so much, you know what I mean? Like, so, 
I've, after, after last Sunday, I've really kind of tried this week. Now, it's been a crazy week for us because we're moving into a new house and all this stuff, but I'm trying to make a conscious effort of, for me, always just telling her what's on my schedule. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm used to just being, hey, I'm just going to do me. Like, I'm just going and, <laughs> hey, I got this, I got that. I'm just out the door, right? So um, what out of last week's conversation and listening to that last week's podcast has, has kind of hit home for you? Um, we had talked to after because I didn't listen to it. Um, I let her kind of do her thing in here. And I was doing a workout in Bedlam with the kids. And it wasn't until it got released the next day. I got to listen to it and got to hear it all. And uh, it, the communication, like I, we kind of take that for granted. I wouldn't say me and Jess have the best communication, but we have been together since we were in college. So we've grown together and we know that that's the only way it really works is communicating. And same thing with you, man. There are times where I got lessons, I got this, I stay after. I come up and you know throw to kids or come catch bullpens or we'll have a kid come try out. And we take it for granted that, ah, like the wife will be home. They'll know. I mean, they know I'm out here and I'm busy. They know what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, they do know that, but it's, you can't put that, you can't put that on them either. And you can't just take it for granted like that. Um, I'm glad that they got to have a chance to kind of tell their side of the story. Cause it is true. Like not only do we sacrifice our time like crazy, they have to sacrifice their time like crazy as well. There are times where, I mean, they're eating dinner by themselves. She picks them up from school. Or she's making dinner. She's putting them down some nights. Yeah. While we're over here having long practices. The nights we have practices. The nights we have lessons till nine. Um, it's a grind. It's a grind on both sides. And uh, those baseball wives and baseball moms and coaches' wives, man, deserve all the credit they can get. Directors' wives, you know, they, yeah. they, there's a lot of time spent away from home that they are. I mean, not necessarily might not be fair to them, but they handle it amazingly and they are our support. And without that support, yeah. we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So I always tell her that. Like, and I used to always ask her before, and I'm like, look, I'm going to end up coaching. Are you cool with this? Because that means I'm going to be gone and I'm not going to be here and I'm going to be gone on the weekends. And, and we always have to have that talk ahead of time just to make sure we're on the same page. And, you know, she's great. She's never been like, no, that's not fair. You better stay home with the kids. She's never like that. She's always like, don't worry. We'll make it work. Go do you. Do your thing, I know that's what you enjoy. I mean, inevitably, my my long-term goal is to end up being a head coach somewhere. I'd love to be the head coach at St. Mary's Hall in a couple seasons if that's the case, or anywhere else, man. Inevitably, I'd love to be at the college level, the collegiate level coaching, um, and Jess knows that. I mean, we dated while I was playing baseball, and that's always kind of been the goal, so. That's all she's kind of known. She's known, and she's known I've done that, so it's nothing out of the norm, nothing out of the ordinary, um, but she's my rock. She definitely is, and. I wouldn't be able to do the coaching stuff and have children if it wasn't for her. Because there's a lot of times where it's almost a one-parent duty where, yeah, I'm, I'm doing everything I can with the kids while I'm there. But when I'm not there, it's all on her. So the communication part, man, I, it made me kind of realize I still do need to be better and I'm not there yet. And I got to make sure and tell everything that we're doing and when we got tryouts and when we got lessons and when we got extra practices and stuff like that. But it's been good. And that's, that's kind of what I took away from it. So if she came to you and said, okay, you either got to give up coaching or you got to give up Thursday softball, which is <laughs> oh, You're such a hater on softball, man. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm asking a um, question. So I'm you know, like, the, the, reason we, the reason I play softball and the reason, like, you know, if you Nick plays with us, man, is just that once you've been an athlete, once an athlete, always an athlete, and you have to be able to get that competitiveness out of you somehow. Uh, 
it's there's only it's, you have to. It's not. It just builds up inside of you that that competitor to go fight, to go win, to go compete, man. You have to do it. So if she said to give up one, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not I'm getting, waiting for the answer. I'm not though. getting paid for softball, so I probably end up <laughs> giving up softball. But if I was getting paid to play softball, man, I don't know. I might go up coaching. <laughs> Nice. Ed, did you catch the uh, Field of Dreams uh, game? Did you um, watch it? Yeah, that was, it was incredible. I got to watch. What did you think about it? Uh, to bring that back again, it was awesome. That is, um, and I saw a post on it maybe a day or two later that said that that was probably one of the best baseball games. It was, it was, it was a great baseball game. But it was the most televised baseball game since like five or six years back. Yeah, I think the ratings was the first yeah, time. Yeah, that's no, what I, was I think the thing I saw was it was the highest rated or highest most watched MLB game in 16 years. Yes, that's what, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. Took it out of so, my mouth. So that's what I was talking about. And it was true. Like, and it was an amazing baseball game. It was cool. Yeah, the Yankees played. I, everybody knows me. If you know me, I'm, from day one, I've been the biggest Yankee hater. I will always <laughs> hate them. I can't stand them. So to see them lose was awesome, but of course it being like America's team, um, man, that's just the way the game should be played. And it was, it was cool. It was kind of nostalgic looking back at that and going like, man, that's the game has never changed after all these years. It's a true gentleman's game. Um, the guys coming through the corner was cool for me. That was awesome. Was just, yeah. I mean, it, it, I think even if you haven't played baseball, I think just about everybody has seen Field of Dreams. And just, uh, you know, all the, the commercials that were leading up to it were real cool, too. Like, with the, I think, Frank Thomas, and I forgot who else was on the house. Like, and A-Rod was out there. And, and it, it, all the lead-up stuff was cool, too. Yeah. And I, I think they did a good job. I think they could have killed Kevin Costner a little. Could have cut overdid it short. It. They overdid, overdid the Kevin Costner thing. But, I mean, you know, I get it. So. It's just cool, man, because I hope that uh... – I know for a couple of years, everybody kept saying, like, baseball is on the decline. It's a boring sport. Um, I hope that kind of brings some life back into the game. And what players like, you know, Otani and everybody like that, it brings Vladdy Jr. It, it kind of makes baseball fun and exciting again. And so hopefully brings a passion into the younger group again. Saying that, right, so, you know, they have this whole thing going right now with let the kids play. So... I'm okay with a bat flip. I'm not okay with what, and no, no disrespect to Javi Baez, is oh, unbelievable player. Oh, God. But the whole walk-off thing a couple of weeks ago where he's walking down first baseline and, and he's got the tripping. bat and just, I know there was some, I guess, I know there was some history, you know, between mm -hmm. the two, but my – my point to it is there's a lot of kids, very influenced kids watching you. I still think like, I, you know, I mean, there's a fine line, right? So, I mean, like I said, I don't mind a little bat flip or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean. I'm a pitcher. So being a know, pitcher's mindset, like the, the bat flip, I don't mind either. That's going to happen. It's kind of your way. There's a little bit of showboating in baseball. I mean, you hit, so, you yeah. hit, a, you hit a blast off yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. You, you get it. Yeah. But I'm okay with still being professional about it. Get that bat flip, get your one, two little steps, then get your job. Yeah. What and Baez did, man, was, like you said, kind of unprofessional. Um, and you said, man, you're in the limelight. You got so many kids looking up to you and admiring you and wanting to be you and, like, mimicking their play off of you. And then for you to kind of do that and then have all the cameras on you, it was on every single thing on sports, and everybody saw that, it just – 
it doesn't taint his image by any means, but it just kind of makes him look like the pl- you're like, whoa, that's that's too much, man. That's uncalled for. You kind of look like a, you say a jackass, but you kind of look like a jackass doing that. Yeah, let your game. Line, we always tell know? our guys, man, let your game do the talking. We always tell them, play the game the right way. Be respectful. Be gentlemen. Let your game do the talking because at the end, that's what feels the best is getting that W and still winning or getting that home run hit off of them. You know, and my man's got like over a hundred strikeouts, so I mean. And then, on the other hand, I wouldn't be opposed to he does that. His next at bat against that guy, what makes him not want to get ear ball? Beamed him exactly. Yeah. You know, he like is that not deserving of it? The way he acted, and the way he. So it's really kind of crazy, right? So we have we're fortunate enough. We have a our director of hitting is Coach Ken Poppy. So Ken Poppy was all American at. University of Texas and played in the big leagues with the Texas Rangers and there's a lot of times we sit around and talk now versus then right and he always is like man and I love those stories that's that stuff wouldn't have gone over with like none of that stuff would have happened in his era our first baseman would have punched him running around first (laughs) base if he did something like that he's definitely getting beamed and the next guy's getting beamed you know and just Man, I, I don't know. It's, it's like I said, I mean, I, I don't know about the let the kids play, right? I mean, there's a maybe I'm too old school. I don't know. I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, hats off to Javi Baez, great player, whatever. But I, I would say, and I never probably will get the chance to say this to him, but I would say, hey, man, remember there's a lot of kids watching what you do. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, flip it, bat flip, whatever, get down the line, whatever. And like I said, maybe I'm too old school. I mean, Maybe we'll get backlash for this, but I mean, I really, don't, I really don't care. I mean, it's how I feel. I think you play, you play hard, and you and and you play the game the right way, and you respect the game. Yeah. And it'll take you longer. It'll take you further. So than, much further. You know. So, um, and I think it'll just carry on into life because there's not many people that. I mean, let's face it. The numbers don't lie, right? Seven percent of high school athletes go on to play college baseball. So. I don't even know what the number is that from college athletes to go on to play pro ball is probably even smaller. So, um, you know, I mean, play play hard, play play the right way, and and I think it'll suit you better in life down the road. You know what I mean? But like I said, maybe I'm too old school. I don't know. But I still tip my hat off to Bias because he is a bad dude. But yeah, you're watching. Kids are watching you, man. That's what I would say. I'll never have that chance. So I did have a cool experience a couple weeks ago, man. So, um, or last week, actually. So I don't know. I know you were here, but um, a lot of people may not know. So, like, Coach HP was here for our grand opening, right, and mm-hmm. talked to our kids, talked to our organization, whatever. We got to hang out with him and all this stuff. So I sent him uh, last week's podcast, man. And as a matter of fact, I was talking to you on the phone, and he called, and I was like, dude, I got to go. I got to take this. <laughs> yeah. And he called and was just, man, like, giving me notes of, like, what I need to do, like, what do we need to do to make the podcast better, sound quality, et cetera, et cetera. But, man, it, it's, it was really cool to, like, shout out to Coach H- HP, man. For, man like, he could have just, dude, and, and for real, like, so. When he left here, I remember him saying, like, whatever you need, I got you. I'll always be here. Call me whenever you dude. need anything. I know I'm in Miami, but I'll take care of you. I got you. Man of his word. Dude. Yeah. That, that was, I like, for, and, and like I said, I mean, I've 
I'm lucky enough to have his personal number. I text him, but for him to call me and just kind of give me his notes, man, that was cool. So we're working on it. Coach, I know he's in San Diego right now enjoying a perfect game uh, all-star series up there. So, uh, but we're working on sound quality, just so you know. So, but uh, man, like, so we've got an influx of a lot of kids coming in, right? Like I said, kind of going back to the Hack Shack and our program in Bedlam and stuff. So one of the biggest things I think that has been a success for us is incorporating strength and conditioning into our program across the board. So you play for us, you don't have a choice. It's part of your dues, whatever the case may be. But, you know, I've seen, some, like you said, some <clears throat> of our kids, man, like from 14 to like 18 and them going off, like strength and conditioning, man, like, it's so important and vital to me. The game, it's changed in the game. Everybody's got some sort of trainer. Some, if you're not in a strength and conditioning program or with somebody, you, you need to do it in a hurry. Immediately, and it's vital because like, know, we had, like we had said, half the time when you're talking to these college coaches and you have these kids go to these showcases and these, uh, you know, yeah, these showcases and these tryouts and everything, every single one of these coaches say, ah, man, kid's good, needs to get bigger, needs to get faster, needs to get stronger. Even us, when we have these kids try out for us, I mean, we've been around the game long enough. We've all coached. We've all played at a high level. We all know the game. Um, and right away, you can tell, like, man, this kid's got crazy talent. Raw is all raw could be, but he needs to get bigger, needs to get faster, needs to get stronger. And it's, it's true across the board. So us being able to incorporate that now and making sure our guys are doing that and then practicing right after has made the craziest amount of strides. And we see it because we always tell our kids, like, you guys bust your ass and do it hard and work hard, hard every time. Trust me, you'll see it in the end of these summers because everybody knows Texas summers are ridiculous Ooh. and it's hot and we're in Houston where the humidity is 100% and we're dying. And you can start to see now where these other teams in these doubleheader, I mean, in these tournaments, game four, five, six, late into the weekend, teams are falling apart, teams are dying, kids are getting hurt, kids are tired. You can see them on the bench, done. And you look at our guys and we're good. You know, and it looks like they're not as tired, they're not, they're not fatigued. We have prepared their bodies for that moment as opposed to other organizations just having their guys come to hit practice. You know, we're hitting twice a week and that's it, maybe getting one practice on the field. We're making sure our guys are stamina, you know, that their stamina and their bodies are ready to withstand a four or five game weekend tournament. So we have a, man, and, and that's not just, that's just not high school kids, junior high kids, like, we have a 10-year-old kid, Josh. Now, he's actually nine. When he, he was nine when he first started in the strength and conditioning class. Yes. Couldn't do box jumps. The other day, I, cre I creep in to go see him, see how the progress is coming. Kids doing box jumps, just moving through the gym. I was just like crazy, man. So like, And he's doing that with all the 14-year-olds. And he's and in awesome. there with the 14-year-olds. But, that's man, awesome. like to see that kid's progress, like, again, got to get in. Strength and conditioning, speed and agility is so important if you're going to be an athlete. If you want any chance to play at high school level, college level, whatever. But So my question, I guess, segue into my question is, when you were coming up through high school and so forth, like, I don't, I mean, like, it wasn't as important back in oh, the day, no. right? Never. And that's why I wish, like, we would have had something like this. I was like, man, if we would have had something like this and the opportunity and just the resources like this, 
how different things could have been. You know, you never want to live in the past, but we never had anything like this. Like we, every high school has like their strength and conditioning summer football camp and stuff like that. So yeah, okay, you, you do it, but a lot of times you're doing football weights and you're doing bench press and squats and not that any of that stuff is bad. It's good for overall strength, but that's not helping baseball players. Yeah. You're doing things that could possibly hurt your body, hurt your arm, hurt your shoulder, hurt your back. Um, to have the things that these kids have nowadays and to have that baseball kind of strength and conditioning, speed and agility, we, I feel like, <laughs> I hate to say we would have flourished, but man, I'm, who knows what would have happened back in the day because it wasn't mandatory. We didn't have programs like that. We didn't have anything that anybody did like that. I mean, shit, CrossFit just came out a few years ago and that was the new awesome badass technology workout, just something different as opposed to the old school pumping iron, getting in the weight room kind of thing. So... I think that that's awesome that these kids have something like this nowadays to better prepare them, get them ready. Because once you do get to college, then you've got your own strength and conditioning coach there. Or if you're lucky enough to get to the D1 level, you know, they'll have the strength and conditioning coach they specifically hire. And he'll know his stuff. That's what he went to school for, and that's what he's getting hired for. But high school level, we never had anything like that. You're just getting in there and hopping in and doing football workouts with the football team or what you, what you were taught from them. So... I think it's I think it's something that was super super cool. And you can tell that the kids that are taking advantage of it now, like I said, are 18. You um, seeing how small and skinny they were at 14, to see them smashing, hitting home runs, hitting triples, looking big in their pictures, filling out their uniforms. Man, it's a <laughs> it's a good feeling. It's an intimidation factor as well. You just know you don't have any weaklings on the team, and we don't have like a weak link. We don't have anybody who's little, who's who's baby body. You know, we got some we got some dudes up there. So what's um, what's the goal for a? I, I know we talked. We, we we sent you to Texas Baseball Ranch last last summer, I guess last spring. Yeah, that was last. Isn't spring. that coming up here pretty soon? The fall one. Yeah. So, what are what, what are some of your goals as a pitching coach for? to improve on, you know, to carry in your lessons, to carry to St. Mary's Hall, you know, stuff like that. I know you learned a lot of stuff, but uh, last spring, what are kind of some of your goals moving forward? Um, throwing programs and all that are always good. Always having a throwing program. I say it's a good thing. It's because it's structure. You want to make sure that your kids or your boys, your guys are getting there, and every day they are doing something that's planned. A lot of guys, they're throwing program, or like, did you throw today? Yeah, I threw today, and it's just going out there and warming up and playing, like, lazy catch. And once you can kind of establish a throwing program so guys know that today I'm long tossing. We're going to the football field, and we're long tossing for distance. This day we're doing a flat pin. We're working on locating, and we're, lo we're working on getting movement and developing each pitch. And then you have your next day we're actually getting to the bullpen. We're throwing a 30, 40-pitch max effort bullpen, just like it's game time. Um... Getting more of that season-wise, for sure. Can we do that as much in the summer? No, because it's a lot of summer stuff. Everybody's still, you got to respect everybody's doing their thing in the summer. Family's going to be gone here and there. You really don't get to see them every day like we get to see them in the high school season. Um, and then arm care. I think we did a lot better with arm care this year. And we uh, pitch, pitch counts and keeping guys under certain pitch counts, keeping them healthy, keeping them going. I credit our summer and how well we did this summer 
by making sure our pitchers seriously threw less than 60 or 70 pitches. And do that, yeah. it helped having the offense we had to be able to put that run support up, have our pitcher throw maybe three, four innings, five innings, and then get him out of there. Yeah, it's great. Get that middle relief guy in, get that closer in, and know everybody has a role on the pitching staff to keep arms healthy and safe. And I know we're going to touch base on this here in a second, but you don't see that at the high school level. Like you see have. coaches be super, super selfish and run guys out there to just to, to, to drive, basically, hanging that guy out just to kill him, hurting his arm. They they don't see the big picture in mind. They just see their season in mind, that game in mind. And, uh, yeah, what I want to be better at, man, is make sure I have that pitching routine, that throwing routine, and then arm care. And once you do that and you take care of your pitchers, you take care of those arms, they're able to go longer. They're able to go more games. They're able to go deeper into your season with less injury, more stamina, basically. It's crazy to me is, like, this summer we got eight pitchers, I think, that were going to college. Not one of them on any given weekend that we played threw over 80 pitches on the weekend. Mm -hmm. They might have gone 40 and then 40 on the back end or 38, 40, whatever. But, and – no arm care, no arm pain this summer, no and arm you've trouble got, this summer. Nope. And you've got 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds out there, 9-year-olds throwing 110 pitches, 100 pitches on a weekend. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. I, I mean, it, And then they come in and they wonder, like, oh, God, my arm hurts. I think I tore something. I got a tear. My arm hasn't been the same. My elbow hurts. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you don't throw with the proper mechanics, and then your coach has you out there throwing 100 pitches. I mean, and y'all lost. Or he has you throwing 100 pitches against a team that you can clearly beat, that you guys are beating the entire game. Why not take you out, put somebody else in, and save your arm? But no, I mean, they need to run these guys out and have them pitch complete games. And that's not good for anybody. It's not, it's, it's not good for the stamina. It's not good for your arm. It's, by that time, too, you're dead. You're all armed. You're, you're just hurting yourself in the long run. And, um, man, we got to, I, I hate, I'm not going to name names, but we saw that happen to one of our guys who – has crazy amount of potential. He got a scholarship to play at the next level, and he was the man. He was basically, like we say, the dude at his high school, and his coach, man, ran him into the ground every game, and he threw over 100 pitches every game. And he came in, and we talked to him all the time and gave him our advice, and, you know, you told him time and time again, man, I know you're not – you don't want to disrespect your coach, but you got to stand up and you got to say something to him, and you got to let him know he cannot keep running you out like this. Because, yeah, you might feel good four or five games into the season, but eight, nine, ten games in the season, throwing that many pitches, you're going to start to see the effects of it, man, and it's not going to be pretty. And I don't know if we spoke it into fruit. I don't know if we spoke it into existence or we shouldn't have said we should, you know, we should have told him, of course, we always did. But sure enough, he didn't get to play for us this summer because he was constantly hurt, you know, in and out of the doctor's office, in and out of, hey, I got to take four weeks off. I got to do physical therapy. Okay, now I got to take another six weeks off. And, they're telling me to shut it down, to not throw, and I'm like, oh, no, like, this is not the summer you needed right now before you go off. You need to get those reps and build that confidence, that stamina up. And To see that happen to a man, is, it, it's a heartbreak for real. It's, it's sad, and the kid doesn't deserve it by any means, but, you know, but selfish high school coaches, man. You know, but it's, it's a tough line, right? Like, where, where's, where do you draw the line, Mike? Who draws the line? Does the kid go talk to the coach? Do the parents talk to the coach? Like, you know, I mean, uh, I know it's tough, right? Because you don't want your team down. You don't want to let your team down, you know, so forth. But, you know, you also, especially if, especially if you've 
already signed his letter of intent. Already signed a letter of intent to go be a pitcher or whatever the case may be at the next level. You know, I mean, that's a tough conversation. I mean, maybe it's a conversation we've got to have with, with a high school, bring a high school coach in here that we know and have that conversation. Like, hey, I mean, yeah, you're trying to win state. You're trying to get to the playoffs. What, what's, but at what cost? You know what I mean? If we if, if we got a kid that's got to go have surgery, uh, at what cost? You know what I mean? I, I'm a firm believer that, you know I mean? We do what we do with our kids in the summer and just because, and in the, in the fall, it's even, we, we knock it at 60. You know, just, I know their career doesn't end here. Exactly. You know I mean, I know their exactly. career does not end here at the action. This is a small stepping stone. Somewhere else. So, you know, I mean, what, what, that conversation has to be had, you know what I mean, at some point in time. I know it's a tough conversation. I know it's one that – I know as, as a 16, 17, 18-year-old, I couldn't go into my coach's office and say something. No, because some coaches, man, don't want to hear it. Some coaches you know aren't I mean? about but, it, and you can't just – you know, it's so, what I say goes. Like I said, so, I mean, but the conversation got to be had at some point in time. I don't know with who or how, but I'm sure it's a tough one. But I just – winning's great, you know, and, and I've always been very firm in saying with development, winning will come. Right? Mm -hmm. When we first started with this showcase team, <laughs> our first graduating class, we weren't very good. No. We weren't very good. That's, that's the truth. But you know what? A lot of the guys trim the fat here or there, bring in some other guys, whatever, and, and guys that bought in – and there you go. Now, you know, it, we created or put together a team that went out and went, won and won a lot. And I think we'll continue to do it because I've just seen what's coming in and the new wave of talent. But And that group definitely helped set that foundation. You know, but, I mean, even then, like, okay, cool, in the fall, you're 60 pitches and that's it. All right, shutting you down. Cool. It doesn't matter. I mean, winning winning's great. Winning will happen, but. Uh, so to especially extent. to what extent, especially in these younger kids, like 10 years old, like coach, like you, if you have, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. And you might, I might probably going to piss off a lot of people, but if you're playing for an organization and your son's throwing a hundred pitches on, on a weekend and he's 12 or under run, <laughs> run, I'm yeah. probably going to make a lot of people mad, but I'm sorry. Like I can't stand seeing it and I can't hear, stand hearing about it. Oh, we it can't stand hearing about it. We, they come in here all the time and they'll tell us and like, your hey, son how's your weekend go? Your son is 12 and under and he's playing for an organization that throws him out there over a weekend to chase some bullshit ring and throws 100 pitches on a weekend, run. That's the wrong organization. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I don't want to take like, kids' best interest in that heart. Like, you're, that's the wrong organization. You need to go find a new one. Sorry. Probably going to get in trouble for it, but so what? <laughs> so, but, man, like, kind of just goals for us, really, honestly, it's just continue with the tradition that the Hack Shack once was. You know, back when Hack Shack used to be the place. You know, if you played for Hack Shack, like, Hack Shack showed up, it was like, oh, shit, Hack Shack's here. Okay, cool. You know, I mean, when Trey Warder and, and Kenny Castillo was playing for, Kenny still grills me about his picture in the old Hack Shack. Like, oh, God, Kenny, that thing's gone. But it's the truth. There was always a tradition of winning and, and just a, a tradition of playing the, the game right. 
And like I said, going back when, you know, I mean, I've kind of taken it personal to Mr. Warder and all the guys before that, hey, you know what, to continue the tradition and continue and get Hack Shack back on the map like it once was. So mm -hmm. for me, from a goal standpoint, just continuing to help kids get to the next level and take care of kids. And, and, and now don't get me wrong, you got to have the goods, right, to play at the next level. you got to be good enough. But I'll do everything I can and we'll continue to do everything we can here just to try and get our kids the best shot. It may not be D1. It may be in cold Colorado or cold Nebraska, but you know what? If you really want to play baseball then and try and play at the next level, we as an organization, my goal is to continue to try and get kids to the next level. So Yeah. The networking that we've made in the last two or three years has been incredible as well. We're sending guys to these schools. Uh, I feel like it's only going to keep opening up. And, so. Well, man, we got to get ready for Sunday night hitting. Um, every Sunday, if you want to join us, 7 to 9 p.m. here at the Hack Shack, 20 bucks. Get some of the best instruction around. Till next week, Hack Shack, check. Oh, we out. <laughs> Peace. Messed it up. <laughs>